Next Chapter Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Play On Podcast listeners, I want you to be a part of the cast. Become a supporting cast member with Play On Podcasts for just $5 a month. Get in-depth interviews featuring some of the most brilliant artists working today. I talk to actors, playwrights, directors, and producers from the worlds of theater and Hollywood, pulling back the curtain on why they got into their profession, why these stories are so relevant today and providing context on the process of making these plays in the podcast format. You'll enjoy ad-free episodes of the Play On podcast series, and maybe even a gift or two. Head over to playonpodcasts.com, click Supporting Cast, and join the club today. We so love creating this content for you, And we hope you'll support us so we can bring you inside this rejuvenated, reimagined Shakespearean world. Join the cast, supporting cast. Go to ncpodcasts.com. Next Chapter Podcasts presents the Play On Podcast series, Henry V. Episode 7, Customs Curtsy to Kings. For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds. Be kind and eke out our performance with your mind. To those who have not seen the other play, let me set the scene. And for those who have, I beg you to forgive these jumps in time and pardon, please, our inability to represent the true and proper size of this life and most exalted history. Now, let us follow the king to Calais. Let us imagine him and see him there. There seen, let's carry him away again across the sea on the wings of your thoughts. Behold the shores of England now, teeming with men and women, children too. Listen how their shouts, their claps, and their cheers outvoice the deep roaring sea. Hear the waves beating upon the shore like drums in a parade, announcing the arrival of the king. Now, let him land and solemnly set on to London. Imagine him in Blackheath, There, 
His lords insist he lead a parade, his bruised helmet and bended sword displayed before him in the streets. He forbids this, being free from such vanity and pride. Says that all displays and any trophy signifying glory goes but to God. Look how London pours out her citizens. There's the mayor with all his noblemen dressed in their finest like senators of antique Rome, surrounded by their masses as they greet their conquering Caesar home. Though it is unlikely, try to imagine if a general of your military returned from abroad after defeating some rebellion. How many citizens would gather on the shore to welcome him? Well, for King Harry's return, there were more. So, here we are in London. Here we wait. Meanwhile, as the French crown grieves, look you now, here comes the Holy Roman Emperor into Paris to oversee the peace. Let's hurry past the dry negotiations till we find our Harry now back to France. There we'll place him. You may disregard the rest since you've just now been informed about it. Mind this abridgment and the circumstance under which we fly back again to France. Why do you wear a leak in your helmet now, Captain Fluellen? St. Davy's Day is past. There is occasions and reasons why and wherefore in all things. I will tell you as my friend, Captain Gower, that rascally, scald, beggarly, lousy, pragging knave pistol who you and all the world know to be no better than a meritless fellow, look you now. Yesterday he comes to me and brings me bread and salt, look you, and he bid me eat my leek. It was in a place where I could not instigate a fight with him, but now I shall wear this leek audaciously in my cap as I seek him out again, for I'd like to give him a little piece of my brain. Now move aside, dogs. Why, here he comes, proud as a turkey cock. Never mind his pride nor his turkey cock. God bless you, Ensign Pistol, you scurvy, lousy knave. God bless you. (laughs) Art thou deranged? Base Trojan, do you want me to kill you as the whale killed Judas? Away now, I abhor the smell of leek. I beseech you heartily, you scurvy, lousy knave, as it is my desire and my request and my petition that you eat, look you, yes, eat this leek. Look you, because I know you do not love leeks, nor do you have affections for leeks or appetites for leeks, nor does your digestion agree with leeks, and therefore, look you, I desire that you eat it. Not for Cudwallader and all his goats. Here's a goat for you. (laughs) (laughs) Will you be so good, Scald Navis, eat it? Base Trojan, thou shalt die. All men die when it pleases God, you toad. For now I desire that you live so you can eat your vittles. Come, here's some sauce for it. Yesterday you called me a mountain squire. Well, today I'll make you a squire of lower ground. Now open up. If you can mock a leek, you can eat a leek. Yes, okay. 
Enough, Captain. You have astonished him. I say I will make him eat at least a part of my leek, or I will feed his pate for days. <laughs> Go on and bite. It's good for you, for your fresh wound and for your bloody face. Must I bite? Yes, certainly. Without doubt, without question too, and without any ambiguity. By this leak, I will have my revenge. Oh, ah! I eat! I eat and eat, I swear. Eat, I pray you. Would you like some more sauce with your leak? You've not eaten enough leak to swear upon. Stop hitting me! Let us see I eat! Scald knave, I heartily hope it does you good. Nay, I insist you throw none away. The skin is good for your damaged intellect. When you have occasion to see a leak hereafter, I hope you will mock at it, that's all. Good? Aye, leaks are good. Hold on, here's a shilling to heal your head. A shilling? Yes, verily, and in truth you shall take it. Or if you prefer, I have another leak in my pocket for you to eat. I'll take the shilling as a symbol that I'll pay thee back for this. If I owe you anything, I will pay you with a beating. God be with you and keep you and heal your impaired brain. All hell shall stir for this. Go, get gone, you fraudulent cowardly ass. You did mock an ancient tradition, began upon in honorable respect, and worn as a memorable trophy of valorous dead, and yet you dare not stand by any of your words? I've seen you gleeking and galling at this gentleman often. You thought because he could not speak English as a native would, he could not therefore handle an English weapon. Well, you have now discovered otherwise. So henceforth let this be a Welsh lesson, teaching proper English ways. I say good day. Well, fortune, how unfaithful you are now. I have just heard news that my Nell is dead. She suffered great from the lover's itch, and now she's passed in some vulgar infirmary. Now my only place of refuge is gone. Old I do grow. And from my weary limbs, all my honor is destroyed. Well, fie, then. I'll turn myself to whoremongering. And sometimes pick a pocket with these quick hands. I'll steal to England. I'll steal in England. There I'll bandage up my disfigured face. And swear I had these wounds on Crispin's day. Peace to this meeting for which we are met. Good health to our brother, the King of France, and our sister, the Queen. Joy and good day to our most fair and princely cousin, Catherine. And to the Duke of Burgundy, salute for bringing us to this great assembly as a branch of this royal family tree. To all French princes and peers, good welcome. 
Right joyous we are to behold your face, most worthy brother England, fairly met. And to you, English princes, everyone. Brother England, we hope such a meeting might graciously lead to happier days. We are so glad now to behold your eyes, eyes which until now have been so deadly that all French who've met their hard gaze are slain. We fairly hope your eyes now have lost that fatal quality, and today we can change our grief and our quarrel into love. Cry amen to that, tis why we appear. You English princes all, I salute you. <clears throat> Great kings of France and England, I hereby pledge my equal love and solemn duty. As all parties can attest, I have long desired that your imperial majesties assemble for such an arbitration. I have used all my wisdom and my strength, issued many prayers in pursuit of it. Now, at long last, I have the pleasure of this face-to-face -face and royal eye-to-eye -eye congregation. Let it not disgrace me. I shall first demand to know of any possible impediment now to peace. Peace to nurse a plenty joy and beauty. Peace which is delicate and needs soft care. Can either kingdom offer reason why such peace cannot make an appearance here in France after so far long an absence? Here we have the best garden of the world, and yet we lack the fertile roots of peace. Her vines are merry cheerers of the heart, but lie unpruned and dying. Her hedges overgrown like hair on a prisoner, unkempt and too wild from disorder. Her fervent fields o'errun with poison roots, while the tools for pruning such savagery rust away. The steady meadow where once did blossom sweet flowers and mighty herbs now begs for tending. It grows haphazard from no attention, from no greens keeping. Nothing grows but weeds and thistles, kexies and burrs. Tis unlovely, unusable. We have become like these foul, fallow fields, left alone to our defective nature. Our houses and ourselves and our children have lost the opportunity to learn the arts and sciences which could become our country. Instead, they have grown savage, like soldiers do. They understand only blood, only swear into severity, their form is chaos and unnatural. We gather now to reduce these errors, restore the favor of our former times. Therefore I speak now so I might know why, why gentle peace should not expel such harm and bless us with her former qualities. Duke of Burgundy, if you want the peace whose absence causes all the imperfections which you have cited, you must buy that peace with full acceptance of our just demands. Such specific notes and particulars are outlined full in the form before you. The king has heard them, as of yet he has not made his response. Well then, the peace you urge will live or die based upon his answer. I have given only a cursory glance to your demands. If it please your grace to appoint some of your council to sit and carefully discuss the finer points more thoroughly, we will give our answer. Brother, we shall. 
Go, Uncle Exeter, Brother Clarence, and you, Brother Gloucester. You shall have full power to ratify, augment, or alter anything you judge is most advantageous to our kingdom. You have my full faith. Fair sister, will you go with the princes or stay here with us? Our gracious brother, I will go with them. Perhaps a woman's voice may do some good. Progress often stalls from two stubborn wills. <laughs> Please allow our cousin Catherine to stay. She is our capital demand listed in the foremost rank of our articles. So may she stay. Fair Catherine, and most fair. I wonder if you could teach a soldier how to speak to impress a lady's ear? How best to swear love to a gentle heart? Your Majesty shall mock at me. I cannot speak your England. Oh, fair Catherine. If you could love me soundly with your French heart, I will be glad to hear you say it brokenly with your English tongue. Do you like me, Kate? Pardonnez-moi, I cannot tell what is like me. An angel is like you, Kate, and you are like an angel. Que dit-il? Que je suis semblable aux anges? Oui, vraiment, votre grâce. dit-il? I did say so, dear Catherine, and am not ashamed to repeat it. Oh, bon Dieu, les langues des hommes sont pleins de tromperies. What says she, fair one, that the tongues of men are full of deceits? Oui, but the tongues of the man is be full of deceits. That is the princess. <laughs> then the princess speaks like an English woman. Truly, Kate, my style of wooing works best on those who cannot understand. I am glad you know no better English, for if you did, you, you'd find me such a plain king that you'd think I'd sold my farm to buy my crown. <laughs> I, I don't know how to talk of love, except to say I love you. If you need more words beyond that, even to ask, do you truly? Well, I'll have not a thing more to say. And so give me your honest answer. Let's shake hands and call it a deal. Huh? How say you, lady? Sauf votre honneur me understand well. Really, if you need me to do a, a little dance or compose a sonnet, Kate, why, I'll be undone. For, for dancing, I have neither rhythm or style, and for poems, I have no strength in meter, though I, I do have a meter of strength. <laughs> if I can win a lady a leapfrog or by vaulting into my saddle with my armor upon my back, I can uh, quickly leap into a wife. <laughs> so I, I, hope, I hope that doesn't sound boastful, but if it could move you, Kate, I, I would fight a war for your love. I would Rear up my horse in some artful display of great equestrian skill, and I would never fall off. <laughs> but before God, I, I cannot look cute nor charming. I, I have no expertise in subtly romantic innuendo. I make plain, honest promises. I only make them when compelled, and when compelled, I never break them, no matter what compels me. If you can love a fellow of this temper, Kate, whose face is not worth sunburning, who... <laughs> who never looks in the mirror in admiration of what he sees, then let your eyes improve the sight of me. I speak to you as a plain soldier. If, if you could love me for this, take me. If not, I will die. <laughs> and yeah, yes, I will die with or without your love, but nevertheless, it's true that I love you. 
So dear Kate, take me for life, a fellow of pure and plain constancy. Just, I'll, I'll have no choice but to be faithful, for I have no ability to woo any other. For you see, these fellows of infinite poetry who can talk all fancy into a lady's favor, they, they always fancy their way out again. Uh, what? what? A, a talker is a talker. A verse is just a rhyme. A good leg will fall. A straight back will stoop. A black beard will turn white. A head of curly hair will grow bald. A, a handsome face will wither. And, and a pretty eye will one day see nothing. But a good heart, Kate, is the sun and the moon. Or, or rather, the sun and not the moon. For it shines bright and never changes, but keeps its course truly. If you would have such a one, take me and, and and take me. Take take a soldier. Take take a soldier. Take a king. So so what do you say, my love? Speak, my fair, and speak fairly, I pray thee. Is it possible that I should love the enemy of France? No. It is not possible you should love the enemy of France, Kate. But in loving me, you should love the friend of France. For I love France so well that I will not part with a village of it. I will have it all mine. And Kate, when France is mine and I am yours, then yours is France. And you are mine. I cannot tell what is that. No, Kate? I will tell you in French. Je crois sur la position de France. <laughs> et, et quand vous avez la position de moi. Uh, let me see. What that, uh, uh, help me, Saint Denis. Uh, donc, votre est France et vous êtes mine. Uh, it, it was easier for me, Kate, to conquer the kingdom as to speak so much French. I, I will never move the in French uh, unless it be to laugh at me. Sauf votre honneur, le français que vous parlez, il est meilleur que l'anglais que je parle. No, really, it, it's not, Kate. You speaking in my tongue and me in your tongue, they are, are one and the same. Oh. Oh, I, I, I may speak poorly, but I speak sincerely. So, so, Kate, can you understand this much English? Can you love me? I cannot tell. Can any of your neighbors tell? Kate, I'll ask them. <laughs> Please, I, I know you love me. And, and at night, when you're ready for bed, you'll ask this gentlewoman about me. And I know, Kate, you will disparage to her those qualities in me which you secretly love. When you do so, good Kate, mock me gently because I love you cruelly. How answer you, la plus belle Catherine du monde, mon très cher Tevandis? Your Majesty of false French, enough to deceive the most wise demoiselle that is in France. Oh, okay, then fie upon my false French, but in true English. I love you, Kate, and by my honor, I dare not assume you love me, though. I flatter myself you do, despite my uninspiring appearance. <laughs> Curse my father's ambition. He was uh, thinking of civil wars when he had me, and so I was created with a, a stubborn exterior, with a... <laughs> with an aspect of iron. So when I try to woo ladies, I frighten them. <laughs> but I, I promise, Kate, the older I get, the better I'll appear. My comfort is, you see, that old age, that, that great destroyer of beauty can do no more damage upon my face. If, if you'll have me now, you'll have me at my worst. And, and if you age with me, we will age better and better together. So therefore, tell me, most fair Catherine, will you have me? 
put off your maiden blushes. Speak the thoughts of your heart with the bearing of an empress. Take me by the hand and say, Harry of England, I am yours. And once you bless my ears with those words, I will tell you aloud, England is yours. Ireland is yours. France is yours. And Harry Plantagenet is yours. For you see, that is my name. A plain name for a plain husband. And not the best name for the best king, for I would rather be the best husband and a plain king. Come, give me your answer in broken music, for your voice is music and... Your, your English broke it. Therefore, Queen of all, Catherine, tell me your mind in broken English. Wilt thou have me? That is as it shall please le roi mon père. Oh, it will please him well, Kate. It, it shall please him, Kate. Then it shall also content me. Oh. <sighs> Upon that, I kiss your hand, and I call you my queen. Oh, laissez, Monseigneur, laissez, laissez. Ma foi, je, je ne veux point que vous abaissiez votre grandeur en baisant la main d'une de votre seigneurie, de vos indignes serviteurs. Excusez-moi, je vous supplie, mon très puissant seigneur. Then I will kiss your lips, Kate. Pour les dames et demoiselles, être baisées avant leur noce, il n'est pas la coutume de France. Oh, ma madame, my interpreter, what says she? That it is not be the fashion for the ladies of France. Uh, <sighs> I cannot tell what is busy on English. Uh, to kiss? <sighs> Your Majesty entends pet comme moi. It is not the custom for the maids in France to uh, kiss before they are married, that's what she says? Oui, vraiment. Oh, Kate. Customs curtsy to kings. Dear Kate, you and I cannot be confined by the weak list of a country's custom. We are the maker of manners, Kate, and the liberty that comes with our majesty shall stop the mouth of any fault finder, as I will stop yours, for holding up fancy fashion as a reason to deny a kiss. Therefore, patiently now. Mm. Mm. You have witchcraft in your lips, Kate. There's more eloquence in a sugar touch of them than in the tongues of the French council. <laughs> they, they could sooner persuade Harry of England than a full assembly of monarchs. Oh, here comes your father. Uh, we have consented to all terms of reason. Is it so, my lords of England? The king hath granted every article, according to your majesty's proposal. Shall Kate be my wife? If it pleases you. I am content. For my queen, Kate, the pursuit of your heart will show me how to win the heart of France. Take her, fair son, and with her raise up a new generation, such that these kingdoms of France and of England, so discontent with envy of each other's happiness, may from shore to pale shore cease their hatred, and by this marriage foster neighborhood. And such accord that war will ne'er advance his bleeding sword twixt England and fair France. Amen. Amen.
Now welcome, Kate, and bear me witness all that here I kiss her as my sovereign queen. May God, the best maker of marriages, combine your hearts in one, your realms in one, as man and wife, being two, are one in love. Let there be such spousal twixt your kingdoms, with no misdeeds or savage jealousies, to trouble the bed of blessed marriage, or interrupt this couple of kingdoms with divorce of their wedded relations, that English may as French, French Englishmen receive each other. God speak this. Amen. 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 Prepare we for our marriage, on which day my Lord of Burgundy will take your oath before you peers to guarantee this peace. Then shall I swear to Kate and you to me. May our oaths be kept, our lives blessed be. And so, with a rough, insufficient pen, our struggling author pursued this story, a meager translation of mighty men that mangles the full course of their glory. The star of England's years on earth were few, yet all were legend, lived by fortune's sword. Within the world's best garden, yes, peace grew, but with his death, his son replaced the Lord. Henry VI, in infancy crowned king of France and England, did this king succeed. His state had such contested managing that they lost France and made his England bleed. Of course, the stage has often shown these plays. Please accept this, our humble paraphrase. The Play On podcast series, Henry V, was translated into modern English verse by Lloyd Suh and directed by Krista Williams. The cast is as follows. Stephen Boyer as Pistol and McMorris. Andy Lucian as Bardolph, Westmoreland, Bedford, and Bourbon. Colleen Worthman as Exeter and Orléans. Jeff Beale as Constable, Court, and Gray. Brittany Catherine Allen as Gower, Elise, Burgundy, French soldier, and Ely. Socorro Santiago as hostess, Queen Isabel, governor, Erpingham, and York. Paco Tolson as Dauphin, Nim, Jamie, and Scroop. Lloyd Sell as Chorus and Williams. Bobby Moreno as King Henry V. Brad Bellamy as Fluellen and Canterbury. Nikki Masood as Catherine, Boy, First Ambassador, Messenger, and Montjoy. Jordan Barbour as King of France, Cambridge, Bates, and Salisbury. Casting by the Telsey Office, Karen Castle, CSA, and Ada Karamanian. Voice and text coach, Julie Foe. Episode scripts were adapted and produced by Catherine Eaton. Original music composition, sound design, and mix by Shane Reddick. Sound engineering by Sadaharu Yagi. 
mix engineer and dialogue editor Larry Walsh and Robert McNabb, podcast mastering by Greg Cortez at New Monkey Studio, coordinating producer Transcend Streaming, Kira Bowie and Liana Keys, script supervisor Jordan Moore, managing producer Robert Capadona, executive producer Michael Goodfriend. The Senior Manager of Business Operations and Partnerships at Next Chapter Podcasts is Sally Cade Holmes. The Play On Podcast series, Henry V, is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts and is made possible by the generous support of the Hits Foundation. Visit ncpodcasts.com for more about the Play On Podcast series. Visit playonshakespeare.org for more about Play On Shakespeare. Hear more about the Play on Shakespeare podcast series by listening to bonus content at ncpodcasts.com, where you'll find interviews with the artists, producers, and engineers who brought it all to life. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Next Chapter Podcasts.